You are listening to Vital Signs, a podcast for Sentara providers. Welcome to episode two of the Caring for Our Communities with Cultural Humility series. In today's episode, we are joined by Sylvia Garcia Romero, Diversity Inclusion Manager, along with Florencia Paz de Rojas, community member with limited English proficiency. Before we turn things over, let's go over some important CME announcements. This episode has been accredited for AMA PRA Category 1 credits. For detailed accreditation and designation information, along with disclosure information, please visit the show notes. This information can also be found on our website, www.centera.com forward slash physician education, as well as reaching us by email at physicianeducation at centera.com. Now here are Sylvia and Florencia. Hi, this is Sylvia Garcia Romero, Diversity and Inclusion Manager with the Center for Diversity and Inclusion and Cultural Competency at Centera Healthcare. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the podcast, Caring for Our Communities with Cultural Humility. Imagine being in excruciating pain, feeling anxious and scared because you don't know what's going on with you. Imagine walking into an emergency room, hoping to get help and relief. But the fear and anxiety get worse as you try to unsuccessfully communicate with emergency room staff who don't speak your language. They stare at you. They keep talking, but you can only make out a word here and there. Your anxiety gets worse by the second. This is a scenario that plays over and over in healthcare facilities across the U.S. In many cases, interpreter services are engaged as soon as possible, and the fear and anxiety ease when the patient can explain their symptoms and the staff are able to calm and comfort the patient. Many times, however, language services are not engaged, and you can only imagine how that scenario plays out. This scenario can potentially happen to about 8.5% of the U.S. population reported to be limited English proficient, or LEP, in 2013. This equals 25.5 million people who spoke a language other than English at home and spoke English not very well, not well, or not well at all. The population of LEP people has increased by 80% since 1990. What does this mean for healthcare providers? It means that 80% of healthcare providers see patients who are limited English proficient. 43% see LEP patients on a daily basis. Research shows that LEP status is linked to multiple suboptimal health outcomes. These include higher rates of disability, poor self-rated health, higher rates of psychological distress and mental illness, and lower rates of visiting doctors or having a regular healthcare provider. These outcomes are a result of communication barriers. LEP patients report barriers when it comes to communicating and understanding providers, as well as understanding written information 
including instructions on prescription bottles. Imagine navigating the complex healthcare system as a person who does not speak English very well or does not speak English at all. In this next episode, I had the honor and privilege to interview Florencia Paz de Rojas, a community member and patient. Florencia shares her experience as an LEP patient and an immigrant. Let's listen to the interview. Good morning. This is Sylvia Garcia Romero, Diversity and Inclusion Manager with the Center for Diversity and Inclusion and Cultural Competency at Centera. I have the honor and the pleasure to meet with Florencia Paz de Rojas, a community member in uh, the Shenandoah Valley who lives in Bridgewater. She is an immigrant from Mexico. She is a patient, has been a patient of Sentara. Ms. Paz de Rojas is limited English proficient. So this interview is going to be conducted in Spanish and I will interpret into English. Florencia is going to talk to us about her culture, her background, challenges navigating healthcare, including language and cultural barriers. So I'm going to start with the first question, asking Ms. Paz de Rojas to give us her name, where she was born, and how long she has lived in this area. Dígame su nombre, dónde nació, y cuánto tiempo hace que vive en esta área. Bueno, yo, mi nombre es Florencia Paz de Rojas. Nací en el estado de Oaxaca, en un pueblo que se llama San Juan Mistepe. Eh, ahí este, nací yo. Y pues aquí llegué acá en Harrisonburg a 94. Y aquí vivía mero Harrisonburg como dos años. Después de ahí me fui a Rocky Gen, otro tiempo. Y ahí ya vivo 20 años, casi, casi voy para 22 años viviendo en Michiguara. So Florencia um, has uh, been in this, she was born in San Juan Mistepec um, in Oaxaca, Mexico. And she has been in the area since 1994. She lived in Harrisonburg for about two years she then went on to live in Rockingham County, and then she has been living in Bridgewater ever since. The next question I will ask is, you speak another language. Is that correct? Is your first language Mixteco, and when did you learn to speak Spanish? Eh, Florencia, usted habla otro idioma, ¿correcto? Sí. Okay. Y ese otro idioma, eh, su primer idioma es el Mixteco, ¿correcto? Sí. ¿Y cuándo empezó usted a aprender eh, español? Empecé cuando yo entré en la escuela, pero cuando ya estaba con quinto grado, hasta sexto grado, fue que empecé a aprender más. She says that she started to speak or to learn to speak Spanish. So, Mixteco is her first language, and she started to learn to speak Spanish when she started school. But it wasn't until fifth or sixth grade that she really started to learn more Spanish. The third question I will ask is, tell me about what is the most difficult 
when you go to see the doctor to get medical care here in the U.S. Florencia, hábleme de qué es lo más difícil al ir al doctor y recibir atención médica aquí en Estados Unidos. Bueno, lo más difícil es cuando tú no sabes el idioma de, de aquí, porque el doctor tampoco entiende y tú tampoco, entonces es lo más difícil para... So one of the hardest things is not knowing the language because if you don't speak the language and the doctor also doesn't speak the language, then it's very difficult. También estábamos hablando anteriormente sobre otras dificultades como el transporte y ese tipo de cosas. We were also talking earlier today about other challenges such as transportation and those types of barriers. So I'm going to ask Florencia to tell us a little bit about that. Háblenos un poquito de eso, Florencia. Bueno, cuando no tenemos este carro de cómo ir al doctor, nos cuesta mucho porque no sabíamos ni a quién llamar. Antes no había taxi, mucho taxi, y no tenemos que hablar con las personas. Si tiene tiempo, no puede llevar. Y si no, pues no, no tenemos la oportunidad de ir al doctor. It's very challenging when you don't have transportation. If, you know, sometimes there's not a lot of taxi services that you can use. And so you may have to talk to other people to provide transportation for you. But if they can't, then you are not able to go see the doctor. Y usted me hablaba anteriormente de que usted pasó una etapa donde no tenía carro y era difícil. So um, you were telling me earlier about how difficult it was when you didn't have a car and it was very difficult. ¿Cuánto tiempo que usted estuvo sin carro? Como cuatro años más o menos estuve sin carro porque pues no sabía manejar. Aparte que no sabía manejar, pues no tenía dinero para comprar carro. Y entonces era difícil que tenía que pedir a alguien que te lleve. Si no, no hay cómo, un transporte. So Florence shares with us that there were about for four years, she did not know how to drive and she did not have a car. And she had to rely on asking friends and people in her community for transportation. And sometimes they weren't able to provide it. And so there just wasn't a way. Y hablábamos también de que hoy en día usted, gracias a Dios, puede manejar, ¿correcto? Pero usted tiene amistades y conocidos y compañeros de trabajo eh, que siguen con problemas de transporte, ¿verdad? So Florencia was sharing with me that she still has friends, neighbors, and coworkers who still have challenges with transportation. Háblenos un poquito de eso, Florencia. Bueno, pues la verdad yo conozco mucha gente que este, no tiene carro, no tiene cómo viajarse. Y ellos lo batalla bastante para irse a un lugar que ellos necesitan. Por lo más, más que cuando sus niños estén malos y todo esto, pues no, no como quiera pueden acercarse y irse al doctor. Tiene que llamar a un taxi, pero pues, es difícil también, porque si no tiene dinero, pues ni cómo hacer, ¿no? Entonces hay muchos problemas aquí a, a esa área de la comunidad que yo conozco. 
So Florencia shares with us that many of our friends um, are challenged with transportation. The taxis are not always readily available, but also if you don't have the money to pay for a taxi transportation service. And she talks about how um, some of her friends with children, sometimes when they are sick and need medical attention, transportation is a big challenge and a big barrier. We're going to move on now to another question. I'm going to ask Florencia to tell us about an experience with a doctor, clinic, or hospital that was a bad experience. Florencia, ahora le voy a preguntar que me hable de una experiencia con un doctor, una clínica, o el hospital que fue una mala experiencia. Bueno, pues la mala experiencia era porque ellos no entienden y yo tampoco entendía y a veces no nos entiende como debe de ser también. Tanto el hospital, este, a veces como somos hispanos, muchas veces ellos no nos están haciendo caso, no nos están atendiendo. He tenido problemas con estos porque no no nos atiende pues. O nos tienen ahí sentado todo toda la noche y no nos están atendiendo como debe de ser y es un problema también. Florencia states that she has had problems in the past with hospitals and going to the hospital. And as a Hispanic, she feels that sometimes she's not attended to, that she'll sit and wait and she doesn't receive the care that, that she would like. Earlier today, she shared about, as we were talking, she shared about a particular experience. So I'm going to ask her to tell us a little bit about that. Florencia, hace unos momentos platicábamos nosotras y usted me contó de una vez que fue a, a la emergencia y se tuvo que ir porque no la atendieron. ¿Quiere sí. hablarme un poquito de eso? Sí, fui a la emergencia porque tenían dolor y fui no no me hicieron caso. Y entonces yo le decía que me atendiera y no me hicieron caso. Me tuve que ir en la, ahí y llamé a mi hija y que estaba yo muy mal y me fui a mi casa y... Ella llamó en el hospital ahí diciendo las cosas, entonces hasta que salió mi hija fue que llamó a otro doctor y me fui a con otro doctor porque no, no pude. Pues. Esto fue mi experiencia más mal que estaba yo con mucho dolor. Florencia shares about an experience where she says that it was one of the worst experiences that she's had. She was very sick, feeling very sick, went to the emergency room and they would not attend to her, and she waited and waited, and they would not attend to her. She ended up leaving. She was very upset. She went home. She called her daughter. Her daughter called the hospital, but by this point, Florencia did not want to go back to the hospital, so they found another provider and took her to be seen by another provider. Now I'm going to ask Florencia to share with us about an experience with a doctor, clinic, or hospital, that was a good experience. Florencia, ahora me gustaría que nos cuente sobre una experiencia con un doctor, una clínica, o un hospital que fue una buena experiencia. Bueno, más que aquí la clínica que está aquí, la ONCE, eh, estaba un doctor que estaba hablando español. Este doctor, este, no sé, Ureña, algo así, no sé cómo se, se mm -hmm. le dice su nombre. Pero este, él fue una persona que nos escuchaba porque hablamos el idioma, más que no por el idioma. Y esto, se, él nos escucha, que es lo que sentimos. Y nos conectamos mucho porque también él 
hablaba también que él conocía a, a toda clase de té, que su papá era médico y ellos conocían el té, que se ayuda mucho para mejorar un poco. Y entonces yo creo que eso fue lo más bonito de experiencia que yo tenía con ese doctor, que todo la, cuando nos hacíamos el estudio de sangre o todo esto, él nos explicaba qué es lo que teníamos de que faltan las vitaminas, falta algo, o tenemos pasa colesterol alto, o este diabetes, y tú más o menos ahí vas conectando con él qué es lo que tú tienes y, ¿cómo se llama? de tu sangre, pues. Entonces sí. yo conectaba mucho con él y que yo sufría gratritis. Y esto era lo que también él nos daba mucho información de todo eso. Y, y me encantó hacer mi doctor ese doctor, porque de verdad sí fue un doctor muy bueno para, para nosotros como latinos. Y el hospital, pues sí hay doctores que es muy bueno doctor, porque pues hay unos que sí lo atiende, te atiende y te entiende, aunque sea traducción, porque no todo habla español pura tradición, pero sí hay doctores que sí nos ayuda a escucharnos y entendernos, pero hay otros que pues no. So, in summary, Florencia talks about a doctor that was on the clinic on 11 South Main Street in Harrisonburg, and his name was Dr. Urena, and she says, I, I believe that's his name, I think that's how you pronounce it, but She felt a really strong connection to this doctor because they spoke the same language. He could understand and listen to her, and she felt heard. She also talks about how he understood the use of teas as remedies to help someone feel better. He believed that they were helpful helping someone to feel better. And she also talks about how when he would do screening and testing, and like a medical exam that he was very detailed and would explain all the um, the different needs and whether somebody's cholesterol was high or their sugar. And she felt like he was a good, provided really good education. She also learned in that time with him that she had gastritis and he explained all of that very well. So, so she felt like he really listened, like she felt heard And she felt that she was understood and she felt a great connection and just felt really good about her relationship with this doctor. She was a good, very good doctor to the Hispanic Latino community, she says. She says in the hospital, when she's been to the hospital, there's also sometimes, you know, she's had very good doctors. They don't have to speak your language, she said. Even when they, um, when an interpreter is used to, tr to interpret what's being said, some doctors really listen and really try to understand. And those are the good doctors. They provide great care. There are some doctors who don't listen and who don't try to understand. So in, in, in summary, those are some of the things she shared about positive experiences with the healthcare system. So I'm just going to now thank Florencia for helping us to better understand the experience of community members, patients who are immigrants, who um, speak a different language, who come from a different culture, who experience language, cultural, and uh, many other barriers, and just giving us insight into what that experience looks like. And hopefully this can help our healthcare providers 
to learn how to listen, to understand, and to provide the care that our patients need. Florencia, eh, quiero darle las gracias por eh, compartir con nosotros y por eh, ayudarnos a entender un poquito más cuál es la experiencia de una persona que es inmigrante, que no habla el idioma, que eh, pasa por muchas barreras para recibir atención de salud, porque esperamos que esto ayude a que más doctores y proveedores de salud entiendan la experiencia de personas como usted y ojalá que puedan eh, atender a las personas de mejor manera. ¿Qué es algo, por último, que usted le gustaría compartir con nosotros? So I'm asking Florencia if there's anything else about providing care to the immigrant Latino community, non-English speaking, that she wants to share with us. Yo me gustaría uh, que haya más persona que pueda así personal, como persona física, que esté traduciendo porque no es igual a recibir eh, el teléfono o cómo se llama un computadora muchas veces no no le dice tal como es entonces yo me refiero que la persona física que esté ahí con los doctores y nos ayude a entenderlo y creo que ese se se va a dar más beneficio porque así se como que hay más conexión la palabra que tú hablas acerca de, de la enfermedad que tiene junto con el doctor. Y entonces, bueno, porque me ha pasado eso, ¿no? Que a veces nos ponen a la computadora y ponen, muchas veces los traductores que están ahí no nos están poniendo atención, dicen lo que escucharon y creo que esto también ahí a donde muchos problemas. Y entonces yo les invito que ojalá que estas cosas que puedan atener personas para que pueda seguir traduciendo. Y me da gusto de estar contigo, Silvia, y su, sigan adelante y, y todo se puede. So Florencia talks about how she would really like to encourage to have more in-person interpreters. She talks about how challenging it is for someone like her and other limited English proficient people to understand and be able to communicate with interpreters on the phone or on video. She talks about how in her experience, there have been many times when she doesn't feel that the interpreter on the computer or on the phone is interpreting properly and not really being able to facilitate that conversation between the provider and the patient and really capture all the medical information that's being shared she says that this is a big challenge, this is a big problem, and she would really like to encourage the use of more in-person interpreters. She says it's a pleasure for her to be here with me today and that she's very appreciative and that she hopes that we can continue to move forward with this work. So thank you for listening. And this concludes this episode, this interview with Florencia Paz de Rojas a community member, patient in the Shenandoah Valley. She lives in Bridgewater, Virginia, and it's just been a pleasure to talk with her. In the interview with Florencia, we learned about the barriers to healthcare she has experienced 
as an immigrant and an LEP person. An interesting fact about Florencia is that her native language is Mixteco, an indigenous language spoken in some parts of Mexico, primarily in Florencia's home state of Oaxaca. Florencia speaks Spanish as a second language, and she is not as fluent in it as she is in Mixteco. Indigenous languages are not as commonly spoken. It is difficult to recruit and train medical interpreters for these languages. This means that patients like Florencia will need to rely on the services of a Spanish-English interpreter, which adds another layer of complexity to the language and communication barriers. In tying these topics back to the rescue model that we discussed in the introduction, I want to make the connection here to the C in the acronym. The C in rescue stands for communicate clearly, use interpreters with LEP individuals, use plain language, use teach back. In this type of scenario, where an interpreter is not available in the patient's native language, using the teach back and asking the patient to explain to you in their own words what they heard or understood can be a helpful way to ensure understanding and effective communication. Thank you for joining us and be on the lookout for the next episode of the Caring for Our Communities with Cultural Humility series. You've been listening to Sentara Healthcare's Vital Signs, a podcast for Sentara providers. As a reminder, read today's show notes for information about claiming your continuing education credits. Well, that's it for now, but we will be back soon with another episode of Vital Signs, the podcast that provides evidence-based education programs for physicians and healthcare providers on the go.